of whatever TV show or movie is mentioned. Please listen at your own discretion. Welcome to viewers and audience. Welcome to another uh, episode of Yours Anonymous. I messed up again, but I am Scooch Bronson. <laughs> and I am S. Foster. <laughs> That's right. And you tuned in <laughs> to another episode of the Viewers Anonymous podcast where we give you our very own reviews and takes of movies and TV straight out of Hollywood. What's going on with you, bro? Can't call it, man. Another week in the books. Um... You know, excited to get into this episode. You know, I, I knew this episode was going to be good because you texted me. It was like, yo, did you watch Snowfall mm-hmm. yet? And I was mm-hmm. like, nah. You was like, why? Oh, my God. Like, yes. So, uh, but you know, we'll get to that. But but I'm doing all right, though, man. How are you feeling? Everything good with you? Man, everything is great, man. I cannot complain. Um, I'm super excited uh, for multiple reasons. Um, one of them is because um, I finally get to play Hogwarts. You know what I'm saying? You already know I'm a super nerd, but um, mm-hmm. I finally get to play Hogwarts on um my Xbox One, so I'm excited about that. Um, second, you know what I'm saying? Um, I also, you know what I'm saying, have enjoyed the various various uh TV shows and uh seasons that's out right now. I've seen some things that uh have been, you know, saying plastered on Apple and Netflix and Hulu and all those other streaming sites. So I'm excited to get into what we're watching because I got two of them things this week, man. So you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm eager <laughs> to get into it, bro. I'm eager to get into it. I mean, listen, since you're so eager, man, you can go first this week. I always go first in, in, okay, in what okay, we're watching, man. Okay. So you can go first, man. Get yours out the way. Well, let's because you know what I got two also. That's what I'm talking about, man. So listen, we are going to get into our favorite uh, segment of uh, our our show. Um, This is the one that everybody likes to hear about. This is the one that everybody likes to see. So let's get into it. What we watching? Let's go. All right, man, so since I'm going first, um, so I got two of them things, like I told y'all, man. I'm super excited. Uh, my first one, um, well, both of them are on Netflix, so if you watch Netflix, you can go ahead, scroll through, and find these. They're not hard to find. They're um, super popular on Netflix as we speak. The first one is a documentary. Um, it's been out for maybe about a week or two. Um, and it's called Gunther's Millions. It's about this super famous dog that was like real, real famous across uh, Europe. And uh, basically, it was a baroness who ended up dying off and she ended up leaving like 75 million to this dog in like the early 90s. And in place of leaving these millions to this dog, she pretty much just basically left like a bunch of rules and everything in place. And so when she left the 75 million to the dog, um, she also had a clause in um, her will that said that there had to be this, um, this group that had to be, that had to be with the dog. And so 
there was a um a caretaker for the dog who ended up revising everything after she passed and in the midst of his revisions it was like <laughs> he turned this group into like this weird orgy experiment that uh he decided to um go ahead and say this is pretty much everything that I want to do but I have the power to do it because I am pretty much in control of whatever the dog says and does. And so um, because the dog has 75 million, he ended up turning it into a trust. And after he turned it into a trust, he was able to um, turn that into a corporation. And in the midst of the corporation, he was able to get like yachts, uh, islands, real estate, um mansions and all of this other stuff that he was able to you know what I'm saying turn that money into and because he turned that money into it he ended up basically um having this idea because he had a PhD he had this idea to see why um the baron the baroness ended up having a son too but the son died before she died because he committed suicide and so the baroness wanted him to pretty much um configure these like social experiments with these groups of people to see why people would have like all of these riches all of these things that they wanted and still be able to end up being depressed or what like what was causing that depression and that's what she was trying to find out even after her death he continued the social experiments and everything else so like the documentary goes through all of that and it's an amazing documentary. It's super exciting. It's one of those things where like if you watch it, you're gonna be super shocked. You're gonna be in for a ride. So if you get a chance to watch Gunther's Millions. And then my second one is um the final the final season of you. Um if you guys have heard of you, um this one of those shows that it's twists and turns everywhere, but if you haven't heard of you, it's pretty much about a guy who ends up being a stalker and also ends up, because he's a stalker, he ends up becoming a uh, serial killer. And um, he never gets caught, but in his last season, uh, he pretty much has to face his worst fear, which is um, a guy who is just like him. So he has to figure out how to... <laughs> he has to figure out how to... Uh, get this guy caught because this guy is doing everything but he's pretty much trying to frame Joe who is the actual uh, main character in the story he's, he's trying to frame Joe as being the serial killer and Joe has ended up moving to London and all this other stuff which he got away from America a bunch of other stuff if you watched the um, previous seasons you already know what's going on um, but Joe's big task is to figure out who this guy is, what he's doing and why he's doing it. He figures out who the guy is. He figured out why he's doing it, but he can't frame him in order to stop everything. Joe has fell in love again, but this time it's a different love and he's not killing for the love. So it's a big twist on this one too. So if you guys get a chance, go check out You on Netflix. It's the finale, uh, the series finale, and also go check out Gunther's Millions, the documentary on Netflix. Uh, docu-series on Netflix. Go check that out, too. Cool, cool. Um, <clears throat> so I got two. One of them is on Netflix. I'll go with that one first. I don't really want to draw this conversation out because, so, I mean, it's been a, a large topic of conversation as of late. And that is uh, Chris Rock's new special. 
You know what I'm saying? Selective outrage. Um, I mean, I hear you. I thought that I thought that it was cool. Um, I'm gonna be honest with you. I've never been like a huge Chris Rock uh, stand-up fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think what makes Chris Rock to me personally is just what made me laugh was just his voice on his punchlines. Like, yeah, that's what do it for me. It's it's, it's like the stuff is like the material isn't as Funny, but it just like when he like kind of like changes his voice up and he kind of get animated with a joke. Like that's what kind of mm-hmm. do it for me. Did you watch so, it live or did you watch it afterwards? No, I watched it afterwards when they fixed okay. it. Okay, me, um, me too. So I mean, it, look, man, it was cool. Um, you know, he got into the wheel stuff at the end. A lot of people, you know, got their thoughts on it or whatever, whatnot. Um, look, man, at the end of the day. It's it, it's it's definitely not the best special I've ever seen. Um, you know, he, he he got off what he wanted to get off. Uh, he got paid for it. He plugged Netflix like three times. He even plugs uh uh Stranger Things. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you, you you know they gave him the bag. You, you hear me? Absolutely. They gave him for it the to bag. be the first live stream on Netflix. That was wild in itself. Yeah, so, um, but look, man, at the end of the day, man, look, it was cool. I mean, would I watch it again? No. Um, you know, I, I, the one thing, though, is when he, he kept saying throughout the special that he's, you know, that he's not a victim and all this type of shit, but then he right. says, Will Smith smacked the dude that he know he could beat. It's like mm-hmm. kind of sounds like you playing the victim a little bit, mm-hmm. but you know it's what it is. But look, man, it was cool. It was cool. Um, so my second one for the day is I went to the movies last week. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to my sister Nene. She went with me. Um, I'm gonna go see Creed three, man. Um, nice. Listen, when I tell you it was an adult moment. In that movie, um, yeah. this this is the yo. This might be the best one, including all the Rocky movie joints, man. Like this shit, like really? Jonathan Majors, he killed this shit, yo. Like absolutely, yeah. He reminded me. I kept getting, I kept getting Mike Tyson vibes out of him, really? and yes. Yes, like hey, he, he was real quick. He was not to cut you up, up real quick. I I got Mike Tyson vibes of him because I also went to go see Ant Man. I didn't use that, but I went to go see Ant Man too. I got Mike Tyson vibes off Ant Man too because he was beating the shit out of Ant Man. Because I'm gonna tell you, like his fighting style, the way he was mm-hmm. fighting. Um, I don't want to give it away, but you know he. Kind of, you know, kind of fight dirty a little bit, you know what I mean? Yeah, okay, um, okay, okay. And I mean, we do spoilers on this show, so you can't spoil it. Yeah, I'm just meaning like he, he was a violent fighter, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That, that was kind of dirty a little bit. Like, I'll tell you one thing like, when he fought this other dude, like, when he threw a punch one time, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. He didn't hit him with a glove. No, 
No, no, no, no. He, he threw a right hook. Yeah. But he didn't use his fist. Caught him with his elbow. <laughs> wow. Yes. Caught so him with an elbow. Right villain. Yes, he's definitely wow. a villain in this movie, man. Okay, and, okay, respect. But, like, even the backstory that goes along with it, man, is, like, this, this whole movie was... Shout out to Michael B. Jordan. You know, the news is out. Uh, I don't know what it is now, like at, at this date, but you know, they broke the box office the first week 58 million. They made 100 domestically. It's the highest grossing sports movie in history. Like, so for Michael B. Jordan to have his uh, director's debut and to come out the gate the way that he did, and mm-hmm. I like the way that they, that they did it. Um, I know Joe tried to kill it, but it's like at the same time, he has a deaf daughter, yo. So yeah, there's a lot of sign language in there, and I think to put that in a movie, I, I think that what's great about it is that that is an audience that we don't look look to satisfy. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. to actually. For him and Tessa Thompson to go out of their way to, you know what I'm saying, learn real science and include that into a movie, I think that's brilliant, man. I think it's dope um, to be able to do it that way. And then, you know, the fact that, you know, that they had a daughter and she looks up to her dad and like, you know what I'm saying? She, you know what I'm saying? She throwing them hands in this movie a little bit. I think Mm. it's dope, man. I mean, I, I really do. Um... But like I said, I know I know we get spoilers on here, but like with this movie being what it is, I, I don't want to really get spoilers on it. But I just yeah. want to say that it was it was really good, man. Like when you get to it, you really gonna fuck with it. Like you really okay. are. So so shout out to them. Congratulations on the achievement that they got. But uh those are my two what we watches, man. Um uh, the Chris Rock special, uh but Selective Outrage and Creed Three. Okay, so real quick before we get into our feature presentation, man, can we talk about the Chris Rock special? Yeah, yeah, we can give it a little bit. Okay, so did you really enjoy the Chris Rock special? This this is the thing, and this is what we've talked about before. You are clearly a a, a more rail a rail rounded comedy special type of person like mm-hmm. I'm not the biggest on it and I think that's why I enjoy Dave Chappelle's more because it's not like clear cut comedy because yeah. he's ma- mainly being a storyteller that makes his stories funny mm-hmm. and what Chris was doing like I've heard about the things that people are upset about the abortion thing um, how you know he, he talked about his daughter you know, about how she was a biter and all that shit. Some of that mm-hmm. shit was funny. Um, when he, you know, closed out the story or whatever, whatnot. But like I say, man, like, I mean, it wasn't the greatest special that I've seen. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it, it, it wasn't no Dave Chappelle shit. It wasn't no, uh, you know, Kevin Hart shit. It wasn't Richard Pryor shit. Like, it, it was cool. And and mm-hmm. I think. Waiting a year just to hear his response, it's kind of like, yo, like all this shit that you said, it's like we we've heard that before. Yeah. Um, 
But I don't know, man. Like, like I said, I I won't go back to it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, what was what was your opinion? Because you 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 just said trash. Like, as soon as I said it, I said Chris Rock trash. Like, you know what I mean, <laughs> like, damn, like, because so I just, okay. So when I say when I say it was trash, it wasn't because of the content of the special. Because I felt like the content of the special was great. I think that. When Chris Rock does his specials, he has this um, certain, uh, just like how the French said, Genesis Quai of doing his specials, right? And mm-hmm. so he does a great job on getting content for his specials. My thing was, it wasn't the content. It was more so of, if I could say, the way he did his special. Like, to me, everything seemed like he was rushing. And I mean, I get it, because you know what I'm saying? You got a certain amount of time that you got to do. It's a Netflix special. It's live. You're trying to fit certain jokes in or whatever. But my thing was, like, after hearing other people talk about it and hearing, especially after I've seen the whole thing, because I watched this, like, three times. And the first time, I fell asleep on it. I wasn't I wasn't into it in the early parts. I fell asleep on it. The second time, I actually watched it all the way through. And then the third time, I watched it all the way through as well just to make sure it was something that I didn't miss. And so watching it three times and then, like, hearing the jokes and everything else, the jokes didn't hit the same way that they hit the first time. And to me, that's a big thing because, like, with a guy like Chris Rock, we've seen specials from him that have, I don't care how many times you watch it, are going to hit continuously, right? When he does mm-hmm. the joke about um, from the windows to the wall, I think, it, I think it was like bigger and blacker. From the windows to the wall, all oh, ski, ski, motherfucker. Like that joke, that joke <laughs> is going to always hit. That's a classic, right? A guy like Chris Rock, he is one of those comedians to where when you see him or when you watch one of his specials, that's one of those things that you know are going to last throughout time no matter what. And because I felt like he he wasn't um, he wasn't as meticulous as he was in any other special, it felt as if everything that he was doing, it was like rust. So like when he was telling jokes, it felt like he was just trying to get out all the jokes he could before he got to the Will Smith joke. And I felt like everything about this special was about the Will Smith joke, but he had to end on that joke because that's what everybody wanted. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it seemed as if like he was rushing through everything to get to this joke. Like if you if you really sit back and watch this from like not a fan perspective, but just a perspective of somebody who enjoys comedy and enjoys comedy specials, it was like everything he did was just like a joke, 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 punchline, joke, joke, punchline, joke, joke, punchline. So, All right. I, I got to the Will Smith part. Here I go. And that's what it seemed like. It seemed like he was just rushing, rushing, rushing. And even the way he was pacing on stage, even the way he was like just just on stage in general, it seemed as if he was a character 
caricature of who he was as a comedian. So you saying that you just felt like the whole thing was just filler to make it an hour? Absolutely. I, I felt like it was all filler until he got into the Will Smith, Jada Pinkett Smith part of the joke. I mean, I, he, I had some, he had some great jokes. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, the joke about his daughter, when he was talking about how his daughter was going through school and all that stuff, I thought that shit was funny. I thought the joke about um about the 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 uh the moms being able to have uh, um an opinion on the or or not opinion, but being able to have the ability to abort the kids that. Four, like I four years old. <laughs> yeah, I thought that shit was hilarious. Um, and then like those two jokes, I got. And then like when he got to the Meghan Markle shit, that's when I, I was like, no, nah, I was kind of wavering on it because the Meghan Markle thing could have been funny if he would have went deeper into it, right? Like, okay. The Meghan Markle thing, it was kind of funny. But it was other things outside of that that made it that could have made it funnier instead of what he gave, right? Because it was like, oh, Meghan Markle didn't know that the um, that the the royal family was uh, she didn't know that the royal family was racist, and it's like at that point, it's like, come on, bro, everybody knows what the royal family is, so we don't have to go down that. We don't even have to go down that lane. We all know. Well, that. Well, Charlemagne said that, you know, one of the ones that he went to, he was mm -hmm. talking about Queen Elizabeth, but by the time that this material was finally getting ready to come out, she died, so he felt that it wouldn't be good to put it in there because when he said the joke, she was alive, and then yeah. by the time it would air, she was dead, so they felt like, yo, let's just yeah. Let's cut okay, so, so you're talking about from what he was talking about with the brilliant idiots, right? Yeah. Okay, so look, my thing is this, like, I don't I don't think harping on somebody's death is funny, but however, I will say this, if he would have said something about that during th that special, it would have made it funny. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I, I don't want to be that guy, but him saying something about the queen and the royal family during that time, regardless if she passed or not, it would have made it funny. I mean, it's, we, we talk about Chris Rock, bro. Chris Rock is somebody who, to me, right, he's a guy who he talks about, you know what I'm saying, social issues. He talks about political issues. He also talks about geopolitical issues. And then he also has something in between. And so if Chris Rock does that and he makes that what it is, I mean, how can you find it hard not to laugh at Chris Rock when this is this has been his stick the whole time, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I just felt like through the whole thing, if he would have went in that lane and kept that narrative going, everything would have been great. And I just felt like he rushed around that and he tried to be something like. So my whole thing is, is that he tried to be a caricature of himself. And because he tried to do that, nothing about this special to me personally was funny except for like one or two jokes. I hear you. I hear you. Like I say, man, it was 
like I, I can't even tell you if it's his best material or not, but it just it just felt it just felt off. Yeah, and I can hear what you're saying by by it being rushed because the thing is a lot of people watch this waiting on the wheel shit, and I don't know if it would have been better to start with it because everybody who watched, especially the live stream, everybody's like, all right, get to the wheel shit. You know what I'm saying? Like everything was like, get to the wheel shit. Like this is what we came here for. Like that's like if somebody, if somebody show up to, I don't know, like, I can't really think of a situation, but it's just like, like everybody came there for mainly one reason is to see what he finally have to say, because he is the person who refused to talk about it until he was basically getting paid for it. So it's just like, I felt like if he would have started from the very beginning with that, and then, I mean, I know that they like to do it to where you get the finale at the end. You know what I'm saying? Oh, this is what I was thinking about. So a concert, right? If you go to a concert with somebody that is, you know, been around long enough to have a greatest hits out, right? So like, yeah, like you want to hear the bangers. But throughout those bangers, do you just want to hear the bangers at the end? Like, do you want to hear like their best song at the very end? Like, it don't always have to be at the end. Right. And I think that if he would have, maybe it didn't have to be at the beginning. Maybe he could have put the wheel shit in the middle. And uh -huh. who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe the abortion joke could have been the last one. You know uh -huh. what I mean? Uh -huh. Yo, I think he should. I think a woman should be able to have abortion when the cow is four, and then drop the mic. You know what I mean? That would have like, been that would have been a great joke to end on. Yeah, like I, I just think that we like like this is what we came here for. Like everybody yeah. knew what they wanted to hear, so I don't I don't know. I feel what you're saying. Maybe maybe it could have been a tad bit rushed, and mm -hmm. every I just felt like it wasn't gonna be as funny with you holding the wheel shit to the end. Yeah. So I agree. I agree. Um, man, listen, this, that's, that's one for the people to decide, man, if you guys agree or disagree with whatever me or S. Stan, feel free to hit us up on the socials. You already know what the socials are. If not, uh, stick around. We'll give you the socials later. Um, so this is what we came here for, man. Um, listen, we both, we both got to some points, ladies and gentlemen. I'm so excited for this, man. I cannot wait. Um, this is one of those things where, you know what I'm saying, we call it, and then when we call it, we can't even be mad that we called it. We just got to be excited because when I seen it, I screamed at the TV. I said, I knew it. I knew it. You know what I'm saying? One of those things. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, listen, episode four, season six, the, the, the series finale, you know what I'm saying? The, 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 the episodes are coming, and they coming in like wildfire man um snowfall when you seen this bro when you what what was your thoughts what was your opinions like when you, you what what did you see that stuck out to you you know what I'm saying those type of things go ahead man let me know 
Man, I don't even know where to start, yo. I don't know where to start because there's 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 so much that happened in this episode. Um, all right, right. What I thought was interesting was seeing Franklin mm-hmm. back in the cookhouse. Absolutely, I I thought that that was very interesting because it's like Franklin has kind of fell back to square one for the simple mm-hmm. fact that. He don't really have anybody in his corner anymore, right. and so you know he goes over and he speaks with Kane, and like yo, like you know the product ain't the problem, moving it ain't the problem. He was like yo, like the shit ain't getting out there fast enough. Absolutely. So he's like yo, let me see your you know your cookhouse or whatever whatnot. So Kane was like fuck that shit, and so then Franklin, you know, what I'm saying? he give his little speech or whatever whatnot. And then he was like, all right, you know what I'm saying? Go to the cookhouse. So he goes to the cookhouse and, like, Franklin is straight to business. You know what I'm saying? Told the two girls, get the fuck out. And he tried to talk to these dudes. You know, you got to have one dude that's mouthy. Always, man. I hate that, bro. I fucking hate that, bro. It's always one, man. So he had to set them straight, hit them with the throat boot. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Hit them with one of those. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Beat his ass and threw his face on the goddamn stove. <laughs> oh. I was like, man, this is my guy. Yeah. So, um, but it was just interesting to see him back there again because it's like, yo, it's like you back to square one. It's like you got to the point where you got $70 million stolen from you and then you beefing with your un- uncle and auntie. You know, you you had the conversation with Leon, but you're giving him time. Mm. Um, D, you you really ain't really fucking with him. So it's kind of like, all right, so now Kane is a person that I brought in just for the simple fact that I ain't even want to fuck with him, but it's just the fact that, you know what I'm saying, that he know that I killed his brother, so... Mm -hmm. You know, Kane end up taking business over, you know what I'm saying, over beefing. Right. And like now he's your main guy now. And just the last time we seen Franklin in that type of situation, it had to be back to season two. Because I think Crack didn't come to season two. Nah, Crack so, came like at the end of season one. It might, yeah, it might have been in the season one. But like for him to go back. And be like, yo, like I, f- I figured y'all need some help. Just like, mm-hmm. yo. Well, first of all, Frank was bored. <laughs> that's number one. <laughs> I think that's why he went I, back. <laughs> I wouldn't say bored. I wouldn't say bored. I would say desperate. Yeah, he he's definitely desperate. Yeah, I I think that. Yeah, now that you say that, it's probably more desperation than than actually being bored. But also at the same time, he's trying to keep his mind rolling because. The whole blow up with V and her mom and them going down, you know what I'm saying, to go try to figure out this money situation because he wanted to go, but they was like, yo, we Absolutely. think it's best for you to stay here and handle things. So yeah. I think that he's really kind of stressing too and just mm-hmm. trying to keep his keep his mind going. So he was like, yo, well, you know, let me go help these dudes with the crack house real quick. Absolutely. Um but how you feel about Franklin like being back in the trap, man, basically going back to square one. Um, I think it's necessary. Um, when you when you get to the level that Franklin has has achieved, I feel like at the end of the day, when all is said and done, and you really have to do what you have to do 
especially when, you know what I'm saying, everything has come down to the wire, um, no pun intended, um, you have to do it. You got to get in there. You got to, you know what I'm saying, teach these guys how to cook. You got to teach these guys how to sell. You got to teach these guys how to rotate, you know what I'm saying, shifts. Like, you, you have to do everything in order to make sure that this operation is successful in order for you to achieve pretty much an ultimate goal. Like, his ultimate goal was to get as much money as he could to get out and do what he needed to do. Um, and because, you know, he knew that um, he knew that Kane was pretty much getting work and everything else from Leon, like, okay, I don't got to go talk to Teddy no more. I could just strictly go work with Kane, go get everything that I need, and you know, do what I got to do. And when it's all said and done, yo, look, I could teach y'all how to do it. You heard what he said, though. Know, look, I built the empire off mm-hmm. of this. You cannot work with, I mean, he ain't really say you cannot work with me, but pretty much he was telling them, you cannot work with me and go through what, you know what I'm saying, everything I'm trying to get y'all to go through, or you can keep struggling out here on the streets and make the same amount of money you're making. And, and I yep. feel like what he did was he played on a greed, which was a smart move. And when you get a guy who, you know what I'm saying, knows how to pretty much manipulate people in that circumstance, because this is all he's been doing this whole time, is pretty much just manipulating everybody. And the, and the thing that I like about the character of Franklin is that, to me, and I, I probably said this maybe the last season or the season before when we've covered these, uh, you know, seasons, is that he's always seemed like he can manipulate everybody, right? He seems like everything, he's always two or three steps ahead of everybody. And because Franklin, to me, is such a smart guy, he knows how to work himself into these positions. And he knows how to get himself in and out of these positions. And because, you know what I'm saying, he's had his money taken away from him, he's working on getting his money back, but also he knows that he can go to Louis and Jerome's spot, steal their stats, and get in and out, and then he can hold their stats, and then he can do everything else. Yo, I can get these guys to bust their ass, work twice as hard, get twice the money, and, and, and get off twice the work that they done got. And I can do everything that I need to do and get my money back and not have to worry about everything. Not to mention, I already got V and her mom working on getting my $75 million back. And so on top of that, getting them, you know what I'm saying, to go with the flow. I mean, what else did we expect from Franklin at this point? This dude has been the smartest guy in this whole series for as long as we've been watching it. Even though, you know what I'm saying, you got a guy like Teddy, who is mm-hmm. also just as smart, but he has things that is clouding his judgment ahead of that. And I feel like oh, Franklin, oh, oui. you know what I'm saying? With Franklin, he also has things that is clouding his judgment, but it's not as much as any other character in the series. And I feel like Franklin does enough to be able to say, hey, we're going to do everything that we got to do to get this money and get it moving. And if anybody else comes in the way, we're going to eliminate it. And I don't think anybody else has that same mindset that Franklin has at this point. 
This is true. And I think the reason why Kane, like when he told him, like, yo, like I thought we came in this to make money, boom, 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 all this mm-hmm. type of shit. And I think Kane knows, like, yo, this motherfucker got up to $75 million. So obviously Absolutely. he knows he knows what he's doing. And I think that's well, why. Well, not even that. Not even that. You got to realize this, too. It ain't even about the money. It's the fact that he's providing everything that everybody needs. Yeah. How many, people, only, how many yeah. people is he supplying at this point? Yeah, because you know like, right now, Franklin Franklin is the plug because he took everything mm-hmm. from Louis and, uh, and Jerome. So Absolutely. now, like, granted, Kane is still going to be Kane. Like, when they got into the argument about, he's like, yeah, maybe that dude face needed to be burned. But at the same time, let me discipline my guys. Absolutely. And Franklin's like, nah, fuck that shit. Like, if I see something that needs to be addressed, I'm going to address it. And that's mm-hmm. just two egos, you know, going at each other who are two bosses. And within their own rights. Um, but I think what we see in this episode when it came down to that part is I don't understand how it's this is a game where, yeah, it's really hard to trust anyone. That's why when it comes to like your day ones, mm-hmm. you know, they're your day ones because. Kane's whole thing was like, yo, like these dudes held me down through the mud. You know what I'm saying? When I was yeah. locked up and all that shit, like these these were my guys. So don't discipline my guys. Let me do that. Because, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? To them, you knew here. So like, right. yeah, like you supplying us with the plug and all that type shit. But at the end of the day, I think Kane is like, yo, like, it, yeah, like these are my people. So you tell me what the issue is. And I'll address it. And Frank was like, nah, fuck that shit. I'm the one who's the, uh, ahead of everything. So when I see it needs to be done, it's going to be done. And then right in the middle of their fucking argument, it's a whole goddamn shootout because the dude face that he burns, he goes to Louis. First of all, he's a terrible actor. Uh, That's yeah. number one. They could have yeah. called me up, you know what I'm saying, to, to do this. Absolutely. They could have called anybody like, at that point. Yeah, he was sure. like, he said, he said, uh, you would listen compared compared to him, you would have did an uh, Oscar worthy job, brother. Let me tell you, <laughs> yeah, this motherfucker. <laughs> said, now I will give him this. I will give him this though. His facial expression, his facial expression through that whole scene was phenomenal. But him doing the lines, trash, terrible. He said. You you mean fuck, to tell me for Nah, this this personal man. If you don't get your ass out of here, he said. He said, "Fuck Kane." And while we get it, yeah, fuck, fuck, get the fuck out of here, man. Terrible, man. That dude is terrible. <laughs> but but like at the same time, that just shows you like because he goes back to talk to Kane and was like, "Yo, yeah. like." You know what I'm saying? Ain't you going to do something about this? And he was like, fuck him a dude. Like, you didn't follow orders. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? So so he gets mad at Kane because Kane, you know, wasn't going to do anything about Franklin. So then you just go to fucking Jerome and... and well, see, Louis okay, just... okay, okay. See, look, whoa, 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 whoa. It wasn't the fact that Kane wasn't going to do anything about Franklin. It was the fact that he didn't like the way Kane was going to deal with Franklin. And that's what I didn't like. Because Kane specifically told him, I will talk to him. 
Now, mm-hmm. if you have been in the streets, if you have dealt with certain situations, if you have been in this situation just in general, you know when a nigga say, I talk to him. That means a lot more than just we going to have a conversation. Yeah. Ain't no telling what I talk to him means. The fact that he just took that for we just going to talk about. No, nigga. If I say I talk to him, that means I'm going to handle it my own way. I'm going to deal with this shit how I deal with this shit. That means for you to sit your ass back, do whatever it is you do, and you handle it from there. And you accept whatever the fuck happened and keep it moving. The fact that he fucked up and went ahead and went to go talk to Jerome and Louie lets you know he just one of them niggas who just ain't for that life. Yeah. Because what made you think you can take two bosses out like, dude, they sent you on a dummy mission, dumbass. Exactly. Like, exactly. there was a suicide mission from the very beginning. I agree. I agree. And I think that Jerome them just looked at it like, well, if, if, if they can want him, you know, maybe they can want him. But I don't think Jerome and Louis actually thought that this dude was really going to kill Kane and fucking um, Franklin. Like, I disagree. I, you think that they thought that he was going to get them? I, I know Kane is, is barely moving. I understand mm-hmm. all of that. But mm-hmm. when there's adrenaline going and your blood is pumping and your life is on mm-hmm. the line, mm-hmm. yeah, like he, he wasn't limping some, in field of those nah, so, <laughs> so the way I see it is I, I feel like they never expected for Franklin to be there. And I feel like in that moment, them pulling up and doing a drive-by, was their way of getting at Kane and letting Kane know we could touch you at any time if we really wanted to, especially with everything that's going on. And mm-hmm. them and, and what I know is because I didn't I didn't watch the after credit part. I feel like them doing what they did, they had no idea that Franklin would be there, and because Franklin was there, that helped. Came to know, hey, these motherfuckers is after me, right? Mm-hmm. So that means now I got to go extra hard on them. And the fact that Franklin was there and Franklin helped me gives him the extra benefit of the doubt towards Franklin. Because remember, at one point in time, he wasn't fucking with Franklin, especially when he was in yeah. the hospital bed. He was He was pissed off at Franklin. But now that him and Franklin went through that, I feel like he's going to give Franklin the benefit of the doubt, and he's also going to help Franklin in these further episodes when shit gets going. He's going to be there for Franklin for sure. I believe. I believe so as well. I believe so mm-hmm. as well. Um, like this wasn't a heavy Jerome and Louis uh pie, not pie, Absolutely. but uh, uh episode. Um. If I'm not mistaken, really, it was just the part where she was riding the horse, really. And really, that, that was really about it yeah, um, as far yeah. as this episode. Yeah. Um, but I want to I wanna, I wanna get Leon last. So, mm-hmm. Leon, I, well, Leon and um, damn, what's her name? Wanda. Wanda. So, we're getting yeah. them last. So, I want to get into Teddy right quick. Yo, I love the way old girl is doing Teddy right now. I'm sorry. I, I think this. I do because it's like, all right. He's like, yo, if I take the money, will you go away with me? 
Like, you know, maybe. Let's see when we get there. It's yeah, like, yeah, I don't like that. It's I don't like, like that. <laughs> hey, I don't like that. Teddy, does, Teddy deserved that shit, man. I'm sorry. No, he deserved man, that no. shit. Listen, yes, yes he, he does. She saved his life. All right, cool. Teddy is trying to find his way out this shit, and and, and this is the this is the best thing about the writing of Snowfall as well, because Teddy is also trying to find his way out the, out of this shit, just like everybody else is. Just the mm-hmm. same way Franklin is, the same way Jerome is, the same way Leon is, the same way the mom is. Everybody is trying to find their way away from this bullshit so when the shit hit the fan, they don't be the one with shit in their face. And it mm-hmm. feels like she's keeping Teddy in this predicament to where at the end of the day, he's going to get fucked up because they already went and put the hit out on the KGB, right? Mm-hmm. They got rid of them niggas. And now the KGB knows Teddy's on their ass. And as much as Teddy has been snooping and everything else, I feel like Teddy is going down a path to where eventually he's going to get fucked up. Well, I mean, he did follow Gustavo. Mm-hmm. And he seen that Gustavo and old dude was in that, um, was in that bar together. Absolutely. So, but I think that Freddie, Freddie, that Teddy felt that something was up because yeah. when he asked Gustavo, was he all right? And he was like, you know, I'm good. Like, he just kept staring at him like, yo, something something off about him. Like, something is going on. So he followed him and then ended up seeing that scene. But I just think the whole thing with the girl, though, I just think that what she's doing is she, in my opinion, she's not making a decision for Teddy. I think that what she's doing is she's putting, she's making sure Teddy, whatever decision that he makes, he's going to make it for himself and she's not going to make it for him. And this is what I mean by that. I think that she's saying that either way you lean, I could possibly still be here for you. If you want to get back in the CIA, do what you need to, to get back in the CIA. But there's also a different possibility that if you keep this money that you stole, that there's another option to just go away and just walk away. And then she's like, he's like, yo, will you go away with me? And she's like, you know, maybe we'll see when the time comes. I think that what she's saying is, yo, you're looking for someone to not necessarily tell you what to do, but just try to, you know what I'm saying, to push you in a certain direction. And she's not doing it because I think that if she was to lean a certain way and it goes in the opposite way of what Teddy may have thought or what he wanted or maybe the grass would be green on the other side type of situation, he can't go back and be like, yo, you were leaning this way, so I went this way and he resent her for it. She's kind of leaving it open like, Yo, you have to make this decision for you. Mm-hmm. And if you want me to end up being there in the end, I will be there. Because like when he said the whole thing of like, which I thought was very smart on her end, when he's like, yo, it's very dangerous out there. Like people looking for me, maybe you should stay with me. And she's like, yo, if you got the issues you got going on, why would I come stay with you? Which is smart. Absolutely. Like you got people Absolutely. coming after you. Why am I going to be at the place where you stay where people are coming after you? Like, that's, that's stupid. 
But well, I don't. I think okay. So I don't. I don't think she took it like that. I think what she was saying was basically, I've been here for this long, right? And mm-hmm. I've never had no problems. I never had no issues. I don't think that people are going to expect me to be here even after everything has happened the way that it's happened. Okay. And I think like she's like okay, so like with remember what I said a long time ago that Teddy and Franklin are two sides of the same coin. Mm -hmm. I've always felt that way. And now that you bring her into it, I think pretty much that she's um, a step ahead of Teddy. Even though he has to be four or five steps ahead, I feel like she's that many steps ahead of of Teddy. And, And Teddy being so caught up in who she is and what she's done and everything else, I feel like the fact that he's in love with her, because I mean pretty much that's how it looks, he's Mm -hmm. in love with her, he's willing to risk um, certain things for her that she's not willing to risk for him. And because I feel like she's so much of a a quote-unquote agent that she's like, hey, you know what I'm saying? I'm willing to do what I have to do. And if, you know what I'm saying, if it comes to Teddy being fucked up, then it is what it is. But at the same time, I'm going to be okay because he's going to take the downfall. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I feel you, but at the same time, like, yeah, I wouldn't, If I mean, if I was her, I, I wouldn't risk my livelihood either. Because like mm-hmm. you said, like this thing, it's gonna crash and burn. We just don't know who all got parachutes. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. That's I think that that's what this whole situation is. Like there's gonna be casualties, but we just don't know who those casualties gonna be yet. Absolutely. So I think she's smart enough to know, like, yeah, like, like this shit is gonna fall apart. And if you are one of the people that goes down, I don't want to go down with you. So I don't blame her for right. leaving her options open. But also, I personally believe that. She don't want to make the decision for Teddy. Like she's like, yo, you gotta figure this out on your own. And if everything cool, I'll be there mm-hmm. with you in the end. But um, but Gustavo, man, you know, being in the position that he's in now, he got a third fucking option. And it's like, my man just don't know what to do. Man, he go home. Old girl jumped on him. He like, yo, I ain't feeling this uh-huh. shit. He dips out. <laughs> he goes to the bar. He like, yo, like. <laughs> I can't handle this shit right now, man. Yeah. That's the thing, man. Yo, listen. I love y'all girls, man. I do. I really do. But I'm just saying, man. <laughs> soon as my man come through the door, man, like she just started nagging, man. He got a whole oh bunch of shit going God. on. He didn't even know she was there, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he had no idea. There's no way he knew she was there. Yo, he walked through the door. He went home less than five minutes. Man. He walked right back out that door. He like, yo, I can't take absolutely. this right now. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. He, that nigga went to the nudie bar. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Al Bundy style. My man went to the nudie bar. Yeah, yeah, man. And he, cause she has no idea what he's going through. Now, granted, right. I'm guessing, I'm assuming that he never told her that he was going to Croatia. <laughs> Yeah, right. But but at the same time, it's like he got, you know, do I fuck Teddy over? Because Teddy got something lined up for me with the CIA. 
And then you got the DEA who's saying that they got some shit for you. Now the KGB people come up to you like, yo, we know both of the things that you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And I can help you with both of those situations to have you come out on top. So mm-hmm. it's like, do I trust this new guy who just came in? Even though he's new, he just popped up. He realized that he was at a wedding. That's number one. But at the, same, at the same time, how do you know all this information? How do you know everything right. about Teddy? How do you know the right. shit about the DEA? Nobody knows about the DEA but me. So he's like, mm-hmm. yo, how do you know? So now Gustavo was in a in a position where it's like, yo, like, I got a three-way fucking crossing, yo, crossroad, and I don't know which way to go. Mm-hmm. And I feel bad for him, man, to be honest with you, because he was always a quiet dude. He was always a, a stand-up dude. Like, mm-hmm. Gustavo never, like... We never really seen him like lose his cool. Like we, he's always been, you know, what I'm saying, cool and collected throughout this whole thing. And it's like now, all of the stress is coming down on his shoulders, and he don't know what to do, man. And I kind of feel bad for the dude, man, because I don't know which way he should go. I kind of feel like the KGB people because it's like, how else would he know? Nobody knows about the DEA but him. And right. it's like, damn, this motherfucker know about them too. So obviously, some shit ain't going as smooth as it should be going because people don't supposed to be knowing about informants. Okay, so Gustavo, right? Mm-hmm. I feel the same way about Gustavo that I feel about Franklin. And I feel like one of the things that they've done in this whole series is make us feel a certain way about Gustavo the same way we feel about Franklin. And I feel like Gustavo is the um, opposite, well, not necessarily opposite, but the mirror image of Franklin. And as innocent as he's been, right, because we already know, like, none of this shit would be possible if he didn't meet old girl. And then none of this shit would be possible if he didn't get involved in, with Teddy. And none of this shit would be possible if he didn't get involved with the DEA. And so Gustavo yep. is pretty much this guy who has been dealing with a bunch of nonsense since. He started all this. He got with yep. Teddy. Teddy ended up getting kicked out, left for some country in South America, and then Gustavo had to pretty much fend for himself. And in the midst of fending for himself, right, we've had to see him um, deal with all of the um, all of the things that he had to deal with without Teddy. And so since Teddy is pretty much, uh, a, I mean, he pretty much a hit for hire after everything, and then he ends up getting back with the CIA, we see that he can't be relied on. Mm-hmm. Now, if, if Gustavo sees that, then that's something different. But as people watching this, we know that he can't be relied on. 
Now, then you go to somebody like Franklin, who he's known Franklin for quite some time. He's dealt with Franklin for quite some time. And we know that because him and Franklin have had this kinship through, well, I don't want to say kinship. Let's say um, acquaintance through Teddy. And not only an acquaintance through Teddy, but an acquaintance through because um Franklin has been watching him to he since he's been ill also. We we know that they've had that because of you know what I'm saying, the girlfriend and then Teddy. I feel like what oh uh I'm about to say also what Gustavo has to go through because of everything is going to be the same thing that Franklin has had to go through and well not has but will have to go through and because of the fact that Gustavo will go through it early he's going to be okay and I feel like in a weird way Franklin is going to be okay as well because he has to go through the same thing that Gustavo is going to have to go through and because they both will have to go through those same things I think that's going to be that weird connection between the both of them. Gustavo is pretty much Teddy's right-hand man at the end of everything. We all know that if you watch it, you understand it, you get it. And because Gustavo is Teddy's right-hand man, he's going to be able to pretty much testify everything that Teddy has done if they get to that point. And because we don't know they get to that point yet, we do know that he's working with the DEA. We know that because of Teddy, he works with the CIA. And remember, I said this in the last episode. We do not know anything about the FBI yet, but we will get to that because that point is coming up soon. But we do not know anything about the FBI yet. And because we don't know anything about the FBI we don't know exactly where Gustavo stands. And that is the thing where, to me, that's the thing that boxes me out. Because I don't know where he stands with, with the real agency. Because we've seen every agency there is so far. And we've seen the KGB come talk to him. We know that he's working with the DA. But what can he do with the FBI? And that's the thing to me that I put a hold on on Gustavo because I don't know yet because we know that the FBI is here, but we just don't know to what extent. Yeah, and we 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 just don't know what they know. You know exactly. what I mean? Because well, we know they know a lot. I'm gonna put it like that. Yeah, we know they know a lot. The true, true, but it's I don't know, man. That's that's going to be one of uh, one of the reveals at the end. That's going to yeah. be very interesting. Absolutely. And I just thought a thought just came up in my head, and then I want to get okay. to uh, Wanda and uh, Leon. Okay. Well, we got we got what? one more to get before we get there. Okay. Okay. Didn't Teddy's ex-wife work for the FBI? You know or, what? I, do, I don't remember. I, I want to say she was with the DEA. I mean, not the DEA, but the CIA. I, I want to say she was CIA. 
And the only I, reason I, I say I, that, and the only reason I say that is because remember when everything happened between him and her, when they once they had the baby, he kind of backed off. Remember, he went to uh, South America, did everything he did in South America, and once he got back, he was stalking them. And when he was stalking them, the dude that she was with, I want to say, was CIA. I just got a feeling that she's gonna. I just got a feeling she's gonna pop up, man. I I I really I really feel like I just I don't know, man. I just got this this inkling that that she's gonna pop up. You know what I'm saying? I don't think that for him to have a whole family and for, and for his wife or ex-wife to be, you know what I'm saying, in some kind of law enforcement somewhere. Right. I feel like she's going to pop up at some point. It's going to be like a full circle type of thing. I, th- um, I think that's going to be his downfall. Okay. I honestly okay. think that when it's all said, okay, so look, the way everything is panning out, right? The way everything is panning out with everything that they've been writing so far, we've seen Franklin on the up and up. We've seen Gustavo in the middle of everything, but we've seen Teddy kind of, you know what I'm saying, on the decline. We've seen Franklin, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, not Franklin, Jerome and Louis. We've seen them on the up and up. Even though they kind of going on the downfall, it's not as much. But everybody else, I feel like this is how it's going to pan out. And we we can go into our predictions because we already gave our predictions and we can go into what we was right about after this. I feel like Franklin and uh, I'm sorry, I feel like Franklin is going to be okay. I feel like mm-hmm. Leon is going to be okay. We ain't even got to Leon yet. I feel like Leon and Wanda are going to be okay. I feel like Gustavo is going to be okay. But I feel like Teddy is going to take the downfall, and I feel like Jerome and Louis are going to also take the downfall. What do you think? Um, I'm not mad at that because I think one of the people that is going to skate free, I think Gustavo is going to find a way to get out of this uh, scot free. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I think. I do believe that Teddy kind of played his cards out, man. And I think that that one dude that that's like working with him to like kind of get him back in the CIA and shit. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think. I just don't think that whole situation yeah, is gonna I, work I out. I think that's a hoax. I don't think it's gonna work. I don't know. I don't know if 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 because I believe that at the end of the day, there's gonna come to a point where. Because if this whole shit blow up, like, Teddy, and I think I said this before, like, Teddy is going to be one of the people to take their hit because they're going to be like, the government going to be like, yo, man, this dude went rogue. We ain't got nothing to do with that shit. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I think that Teddy is is going to be the government's downfall guy to where, you know what I'm saying, that he's just the guy that's just going to take the fall for this shit and they're just going to with the government being the way that they are, they're gonna they're gonna use the whole thing of like, yo, this dude went rogue. This ain't anything that that we were doing. 
this is not our fault. Like, you know, we, we taught him everything that he knows, but he he went rogue on doing all of that shit. It's, I think the jury's still out on Franklin, though. Like, I just don't know. I know what I want to happen, but I just don't know how that situation is going to end yet. But, I agree. I agree. But I do, I I do believe... I do believe, oh, the, and the last people that you spoke of, Jerron uh, and Louis. You know what? I think this will be a split situation. I think, um, I, I think Louis, I think Louis gonna, I think Louis gonna be the one to get fucked up. Absolutely. And you know what? I agree with that, and I'm gonna tell you why. Because in the, uh, it was either the first or second episode. And they went and talked to um oh what's his name um uh, start with the S uh I forgot what his name is but whoever DeAndre Bond's character is they went and um, talked to him oh shit go ahead go ahead Look, I just. Okay. His name is if you if you come up with it, let me know. But whoever DeAndre Bond's character is, they went and talked to him. And in the midst of talking to him, he gave them two origami um ducks or birds or whatever they want to call them. And because he gave them those, he was basically telling them that the universe is gonna work in your favor. And the only person that threw it on the ground was Louie. Yep. It was now, Scully, by the way. Scully, thank you. So when Scully gave them the the origami birds, Louie threw hers on the ground. Instantly I knew that was out of the way for Louie. I knew Louie was on her way out of there. I feel like Jerome is gonna be the one that survives. Now I also feel like Franklin and Sissy also survived. Because remember, when the KGB got to talking uh, in this episode, the KGB was like, yo, let's go work on Gustavo. Because Sissy and Franklin ain't got shit for us. And so because of that, I feel like they gave some type of leeway to Sissy and Franklin. And Sissy always had leeway. We already know that because she was out the way. But Franklin... Not so much because he was like kind of dead in the center of it, but because they focused on Gustavo now, I feel like Franklin is kind of out the way, and his biggest thing is going to be battling Teddy. I feel like Gustavo, his thing is going to have to be between the DEA, the CIA, and the KGB. And I feel like those three things are going to be the biggest thing um, in the series, especially with Gustavo. But since we are talking about the government entities and we've talked about all the characters, let's talk about Veronica and her mom because those are big parts of what's going on right now. How do you feel about Veronica and her mom dealing with Franklin. I think the mom is too cool, man. I think she's too cool. Um, the way Franklin went off, because I, I get I get his frustration because he's just like, yo, like 
what we spent all this time and like this is everything that we know. He was like, you haven't told me anything new. And it was like, yo, it's like, yes, we have. Like maybe this the one person was useful for us. It's okay, it's different between knowing and think you know what's going on. And yeah, he could have guessed, like, yeah, okay, so this so Teddy moved the money. And now we lost it again. But you can assume that he moved the money. But now that you know that he moved the money. So I think that the information was helpful. But I do understand his frustration. But. The whole fact that they got in this car with a Kansas tag. That don't sit well with me. Well, not that it don't sit well with me. It makes me feel more confident in the point that I made of the fact of that I believe that they both are scammers. They both are scammers, and that's all they've been doing for most of V's life. We don't know how long we don't know how long her mom has been at this. But for her mom to be able to use her in scamming, I think that she's been doing it for a long time, even before she was born. And I think that they used Franklin as a pun. I think that at the end of the day, this is going to be a situation where when it comes to that $75 million, I don't think he's ever going to see that money ever again. I think that if they find the source of where the money is and they're able to get it, I don't think Franklin ever going to see the motherfuckers again. But that Kansas tag, man, it was the reason why they zeroed in on that shit. They're, they're, I, I, it's, I, I'm not saying that they're going to go to Kansas. I don't know. But just them making a point to show us an out-of-state tag, it means something. And I just, I do not think that these women, I think at, at the end of the day, I think V does have feelings for Franklin. But at the same time, this baby could be what she was to her mother in scamming people later on down the road. Okay. What so- do you think of that? All right. Um, so last episode I said I think that V could possibly be involved with the FBI. And once they had that situation with the secretary and the driver said something about the bureau, I feel like I was right. Now, we don't know per, per se because we don't know if he's technically involved with the FBI. However, so far, so good, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like that's not V's mom. I feel like, if anything, that's V's partner. Mm. And because we haven't seen V come from anywhere, we really don't know what V's about. And I know that and you know what I'm saying the the Breakfast Club interview they had a background story 
so far, so that's cool. Oh, excuse me. That was unexpected. Um, <laughs> man. Um, but because we've had, you know, sitting the Breakfast Club interview or whatever, we know that, you know, V is supposedly the uh the lawyer for the shop that he took over, blah blah blah. What I feel like is that, and I've said it already, that V is involved with the FBI, and because I've I've said that, and the way I look at everything, like I said once again, we have the DEA, we have the KGB, we have the CIA. We have not seen anything from the FBI, and because we haven't seen anything from the FBI, I feel like that's where the FBI rolls in. And because when the when the driver said something about the bureau, when he was talking to the secretary, this is where the FBI rolls in. If you see what V was doing, remind you, now pay attention to this. If you haven't paid attention on the last episode of Snowfall, when she was with Franklin, she was pregnant. When she went to go talk to dude to stall him to get him back to his office, he wasn't pregnant. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is all cat. She's not pregnant at all. Mm-mm. But because the FBI is so good at what they do, remember, remember this too. We're talking about the FBI coming off of Co Intel Pro. And because we talk about them coming off of Co Intel Pro, who else but to infiltrate Franklin and the in the in the in the largest cocaine ring in in, in Southern California but the FBI? Mm. All I'm saying is, don't be surprised if V and her mom end up being FBI I've said this last episode, I'm going to say it again. Because there are things to point out. When that driver said the Bureau won't do anything to incriminate you, I seen it. I said, oh my God. And I text you. I said, hey. You are going to be surprised, bro. I think I was right. And I think I was right. Mm. Yo, you own one, my guy. Hey, man, I'm just saying. You are on one. If V pop out to be an FBI agent, I'm not going to be surprised. Damn. I did not. I I didn't catch that. I I did not catch what. I did not catch what dude said. Tell you, I go back and watch it. it. Go back and watch wow. it. You'll see, bro. Wow, that's what's up. Okay, okay, but yeah, I, 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 I don't think that. Yeah, the situation's not gonna go down the way we think. Um, but listen, real man, quick, real quick before we end, before we end everything, 
Leon and Wanda, because we not ha- we have not got to them. Leon and Wanda. How do you feel about Leon fighting D? How do you how do you feel about Wanda and her situation with coming back after everything she's gone through so far, her talking to Sissy and everything else? How do you feel about that? Um look, I like the fact that Leon fought D. That was an ass whooping that needed to happen. Um, D was out of control. He was completely out of control. Um, he also did not know how to he he D is an idiot. All right. Absolutely. He you know even the whole little pep talk that he had with, you know what I'm saying, with, with my dude with the glasses, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Talking about how dumb it'd be to go back to school and shit. So you got Leon and Wanda talking to him, helping him with college applications and shit. And then you got this dude over here. Oh, man, here, here's a little bonus. You know what I'm saying? Trying to, I think that D isn't smart enough to know, like, yo, just because you gave me a bonus don't mean I'm going to stay with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're trying to buy me. What what you're telling me is I'm not valuable further on my education. And I don't know. Like, that that scene scene just didn't sit well with me Um, when he he had spoke to the dude. But I I think that this was an ass whooping that needed to happen because Leon is trying to look out for the little kids that send the projects and like, yo, they need those lights. And he's he's shooting out the lights because he said, yo, like it's hot out here and we basically don't want to be seen. Yeah. I also didn't like the whole scene of him calling out Wanda saying, oh, man, you know, your wife slept with the whole hood and 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 all of this type of shit. And and Leon wanted to get him there and Wanda seen it. She's like, nah, like fucking don't worry about it. Basically saying, like, yo, look, I can take it. You know what I'm saying? I could take them, you know, talking shit about my past and all the little shit like that. Like, don't get yourself killed, you know what I'm saying, over right. my past or whatnot. But the, the lights, Leon couldn't take it no more. And I thought stepping to D the way that he did with D being, you know what I'm saying, this bodybuilder dude, we see him lift weights throughout the, you know what I'm saying, throughout the series. We see he always got a tank top on, you know what I'm saying, showing off his muscles and shit. So right. for him to step to him like that and also show everybody like, yo, like this dude isn't the leader that y'all need. Is is that is that where you kind of, you know what I'm saying, in on this set? Like, is that how you kind of feeling? Well, I am, but it was more so for me to fight. Um the fight kind of showed me everything I needed to see, right? So, like, excuse me. We are, we've we always seen Leon for what he is, right? Leon was always, to me, like the quote-unquote muscle. And because he decided to challenge D in this moment, um, we we knew that Leon was the one to pretty much, excuse me, goodness gracious. Um, for me, 
he was the one to always lead everything. And because Franklin was always in charge, you kind of seen Leon in the back burner. But we always knew Leon would be the one that was like, yo, as far as the projects go, this me. Him coming back from Ghana, seeing everything that he's seen over there, and trying to implement it here was everything that you needed to know. D mm-hmm. wasn't never capable. And remember, he the one who brought D in to begin with. If it wasn't for Leon, D wouldn't even be in the position that he in. And so for D to disrespect him in, you know what I'm saying, the second episode and be like, yo, you know, I mean, in the third episode and say, you know, you can come work for me if you want to. Yo, first and foremost, Leon know a lot more about everything that's going on than what D does. And the fact that D is so ignorant to the fact that, you know, um, Franklin is working with the CIA and so on and so forth, I feel like Leon was supposed to, you know, beat the shit out of D. D was, to me, a cog, well, an unnecessary cog in a machine. And even though he kind of maybe sped it up or maybe got shit to where it was supposed to be for the time being, yo, Leon was supposed to come back over and take over the projects because if it weren't for Leon, um, the projects wouldn't even be a thing. And he pretty much brought all the work to the project. And so with D doing the stupid shit that he did, right, and and D challenging Leon to say, you know, you come work for me or whatever. Yo, I, I felt like Leon felt that. And he was like, yo, I got to beat this nigga ass at the end of the day because he felt like he the one that's supposed to lead everything. And even if you feel like you are supposed to be that one, when it's all said and done, bro, you cannot, you cannot take that right and say that that this is all yours or this is, you know, this is for you because at the end of the day, excuse me, Leon was the one that brought that in. And because of Leon bringing that in, really, he's the reason that D is who he is. And so because of that fact, it was only right, to me I look at it, it was only right for Leon to whoop D's ass. And you got to remember, Leon was never no punk. No, Leon no. was to me. He was the one that was the muscle in all this this whole situation. Because remember, before everything happened, it was three of them. One of them got shot and killed, and then it was Franklin and Le- and Leon left. And and remember, Leon was the one who always put in the work. So why would D think? And this is our and this is how I looked at the episode. Why would D think because Leon left for Ghana or left for Africa or whatever that he would lose his edge? And his whole thing has been to get back and make sure everybody was cool. So at the end of the day, he had to get rid of D because without that, he wouldn't be able to get in the position that he needs to be in to help Franklin. This is true. 
And, you know what I'm saying, to close it out, man, I think that it was nice to see Wanda and Sissy have that moment mm-hmm. where Big he's time. telling Big her, time. like, yo, Alton, it was it was a struggle every day. And she was like, you know, this is not going to be easy for you. You got to keep yourself busy because Wanda know. And, and I think that this is what she was trying to tell Leon. If we go back there, crack is everywhere. Absolutely. And she's like, yo, I don't know how much longer I can live in these projects with it being so accessible to me. And she's like, yo, you know, Alton kept herself busy with the shelter. And so, mm-hmm. you know, she goes to the shelter and she's like, yo, like, I'm going to start working there, you know what I'm saying, five days a week or whatever the case may be, just to keep herself busy. And now Wanda, you know, was, you know, told a story by helping this lady with um with getting baby formula and stuff. And I think that Wanda's like, okay, look, I do have a purpose. Absolutely. You know, maybe I can go out here and I can help people because of what I was like and, you know, stealing from my grandma, beating on my grandma, um, all of those type things. It's like all of those things that she did that was bad when she was on the crack. Now she can give back to people uh, who trying to put their life on a better path or people who are just homeless. So, I thought that that was cool, man, because I think that when you hear these redemption stories on people who were strung out on crack and then they got their stuff clean, um, it's, I mean, it's, it's what I said, man, it's a redemption story. So I, I think that it's something for her to do in the meantime while they're there, but I do mm-hmm. believe that I think another reason why, and I want your opinion on this. Another reason why I think that Leon won't go back to Ghana is because I think that he wants to help his people in the hood. And I think that staying in Ghana, I think it feels like to him like running away. Mm. How do you feel about that? You know what? I agree. And and because what he's seen in Ghana, him marrying Wanda, him having to deal with um, everything that he's dealt with here, and then actually going to Ghana and seeing that at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying? It can be fixed. Black people can fix this. And, you know, everything that he's doing, and everything that Wanda's doing, I feel like together they can get it accomplished. I don't think that either one is going to get it accomplished on their own. Um, but because of the fact that, you know, he was he was dealing with everything that he dealt with as far as what was going on, you know what I'm saying, in the project, him trying to put up the street lights, him forcing the street lights to get put back up. And then, you know what I'm saying, him fighting D. And then on top of that, you know, Wanda coming home, you know, her talking to Sissy and her telling Sissy, hey, I can't deal with this. And then, you know, Sissy pretty much saying, hey, you know, you can fix this if you come work at the shelter. You know what I'm saying? Somebody like you who was on it, who got away from it, who dealt with it, and pretty much in the end can kind of say, hey, you know what I'm saying? I was in y'all's shoes once. I feel like they can change it them or they could be a big part of the change themselves without having to deal with all the extra shit along the way. Yeah. I feel that. 
I feel that. That's gonna be that's gonna be an interesting thing to play out though. Because I'm really rooting, I'm really rooting for her not to not to go back to it, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. And and, and and that scene with Sissy, like she was like, yo, it's hard. And it's mm-hmm. just like I really I really hope that she's able to stay clean, man. That's one of the things that I hope that it finish on is her staying yeah. clean. Yeah. I agree with you, man. I definitely agree with you. I would like to see Wanda um finish it out on a positive note because that's to me one of those things that they definitely need. And without having that, um I think it I, I think it would diminish the message that they're trying to put across in this whole series. Yeah. Yeah. Um Yep. Okay, so, I can't agree more. Absolutely. So um you are you guys already know we don't do the fire flames for these episodes because I mean it's it is what it is, man. I mean, Snowfall is fire. It's five out of five. I mean, you can't, you can't. <laughs> I mean come on. Man. You can't grade it. You can't really grade Snowfall for what it is. Snowfall is just, I mean, episode after episode is a hit. So we already know what that is. But we are going to give you this, man. We're going to give you the coming soon because that's what we do every episode. So let's get into the coming soon. Let's do it. Coming soon to own on video and DVD. All right, bro. So what we got next, man? Well, look, man, it had to be done, man. It had to be done. It needs to be discussed. We have to give y'all. We haven't given y'all a new joint in a minute, anyway. We got to give y'all this new house party, man. Um, absolutely. absolutely. I, I just, I just feel like. Well, you know, we'll, we'll get there when we get there. But there is a ton <laughs> of funny moments in there. Absolutely, absolutely. Yo, I have been. Duck, dude, this is, listen, I cannot get over this one part, yo, when this, yo, when, when dude, auntie was like, yo, it's <laughs> like feet the onions in here. Mm-hmm. So, real quick, um, as that kind of got kicked out the group chat, I'm sorry, the group chat, the, the stream, I'm sorry, guys, um, I'm, I'm also texting while we're doing this, but. Um, as that kind of got kicked out the stream, but he's gonna be back. And as he's coming back, here he goes. Um, Dang. he said his auntie, we were talking about you know, what I'm saying house party. Go ahead, yeah, my bad, y'all. I'll keep cutting out, but like, yo, when she walked out the room, she said, It smells like somebody fucking the onion in here, yo. <laughs> <laughs> hey, boy, I thought I was gonna die, but that shit is hilarious, man. Yeah. That shit is hilarious. But there's a lot of funny moments in here, man. I do have a synopsis, but I give it on the on the podcast. But like, yeah, dude, I'm I'm excited to to uh to get in this, man. Like I had my um my youngest son watched it. He mm-hmm. was like, Dad, he's like, yo, I was about to say shit, but he didn't say shit. But <laughs> but he was like, Dad, he was like, Man, this is funny. And I was like, I thought you would enjoy it, but uh, yeah, I can't wait to break this one down because this is going to be another one of those funny classic episodes for the viewers anonymous. Absolutely, man. Um, I will say this: it is not the original house party. However, um, if 
they would classify this as just being a part of the house party saga or franchise, I think that they would do a way better job of making this, you know, a standalone. And mm-hmm. if this if this is classified as a standalone, I feel like they did a wonderful job. Um, if if they continue to classify this as a reboot, I don't think they did as well. Um, but I will say this: there was a ton of funny moments in this movie. Shout out to everybody that was in this movie. Um, they did a great job of putting the um the social influencers of the time in this movie and making it become what it is. And with everybody that they've had to work with so far, I think they did an amazing job of this. And this could possibly be a great, uh, a great staple in the house party or the kid and play franchise because kid and play was also a part of this in some weird way. If you watch this, you understand. If not, go and watch it, and then you'll understand. But the, I, I think they did a great job. So you guys go check it out. Um, if it's still in theaters, go check it out in theaters. If not, it's on HBO Max, and you guys go watch this. So go watch it, and then on the next episode, we'll discuss it, and you guys can, you know what I'm saying, hit us up from there. So um, if you like this episode, if you enjoyed the last episode of Snowfall, if you thought there were some things we missed, hit us up. On Instagram and Twitter at ViewAnonPod. You can also hit us up on Facebook at VA Pod Watch Group. Um, if you want to just hit me up directly, you can hit uh, hit me up on Twitter at Scooter Bronson. Um, I have a link there in my bio. You can find me everywhere else there. And y'all can find me at S.Foster8 on Instagram and on Twitter at 28 Minutes or Less Pod. That's just on Instagram. Uh, follow the podcast, 28 Minutes or Less. I got a new episode coming out um, soon. Mm. Very, very, very mm. soon, man. <laughs> oh, yes, buddy, man. I'm yeah. telling you. Yeah. I'm about to go ham. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I ain't man, even seen I can't it. wait for that one. I can't. But, I, uh, I already know what it is, guys. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, if you guys don't know, that's cool. Just Make sure you tune in. Um, but listen, uh, thank you guys for your support. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for listening. Without you, there could be no us. But just know this, like they say in Hollywood, man, that's a wrap. Cut.